0: And satisfied, and the women who pay for giggles say they're worth every penny of it. They're worth every penny. Get poorer, and the lawyers get rich, as Donald (laughs) and Ivana Trump get ready to slug it out over a two billion dollar fortune. Oh, oh God. Millions of people believe the Virgin Mary speaks through this young girl.
1: (laughs) There you go. Uh, So. Welcome to our new podcast, uh, Hindsight. I'm Michael. <laughs> and uh, I'm hind- Kevin. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll explain what the show is in a second. But uh, that was a clip from a show called Hard Copy, which some of you may have seen in your younger years, or maybe you're really old listening to this. So uh, yeah. Could go so, either way, really. Um, Kevin, did you want to explain what this show was or is? So Hard Copy was... A, um, well maybe first we should
0: talk about what our podcast yeah is, right? very mm-hmm. briefly um so this podcast is hindsight and we're going to talk about uh things in from our past whether it's our own past our childhoods or maybe earlier who cares um that encompass like kind of like a microcosm of something that came later it's like a like a self-contained example of things that eventually became much more widespread. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not necessarily the origins of it, but, uh, but a good example of, of something that's a bigger phenomenon.
1: Yeah. And I'd say the hindsight part of it too, is about how it's how something would be viewed today or how we've maybe matured or not matured as a society. Um, we'll get into that with hard copy. Uh, so yeah, this is our first episode. Um, hard copy, um, was a show that was actually made by Paramount. Um, and you have mm-hmm. some other facts on it, but it ran basically for a decade, starting in like, I think, 89 or 90. and went into it like went the late 90s. It went from 89,
0: yeah, 89 to 99. Run,
1: you, run were, were you surprised at how long it went?
0: Um, I didn't. Yes, I was. I, I, I knew that it uh, went into the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it went until 99. I thought it ended around like 96. So. Yeah. Um, but that that also tells us, uh, I think, a lot because I don't remember seeing it after that point. So I think the show had really declined in popularity by that point, probably. Pro- probably. yeah. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so- a tabloid show. I mean, when it comes down to it, the, the show is kind of a mix. Um, if you were to think about it today, it's like a mix of like the National Enquirer rag and like TMZ. It's kind of like that, mm-hmm. um, with a little bit more crime uh, focus too. They had like a lot of crime
1: stories too. They did it. It definitely one of the things we'll get into a little bit is there's definitely this veneer that it is real journalism. And it even looks, at least the earlier seasons, like they have two anchors with like graphics and they sit at a news desk. But <laughs> then you hear the words coming out of their mouth and it's obviously not the same thing. It's very, very different. Yeah. Um, so one interesting thing about this show is I I watched this show as a kid, like as like a eight year old, seven, eight year old, and I remembered this show in a very specific way, and boy, I my memory of this show was pretty damn spot on from what it what I remembered it as, which was this like like you said, kind of a tabloidy, kind of absurd, all over very the place skeevy, show. Very yeah, Stevie show. Yeah, and it was crazy because it was on at like six o'clock at night every day, and parents did not care if you watched it. Like all it my was friends on way watched too it. Early. Yeah, it was totally yeah. inappropriate, and it it was just on like kcal nine, you know, at where mm-hmm. I lived, and it was just the easiest thing to access, and it was so wildly inappropriate for me to watch. But I think maybe people when they walk by, they're like, oh, they're watching news, whatever. And yeah, uh,
0: the part of it I think is that unlike um, something like the the Inquirer, the stories are all real. They're just very very either either they take major sides on on them or yes. they're like very frivolous it's one or the other like they're either they're they're either awful stupid stories that don't matter or they're just so one sided that they don't tell you what's actually happened you know
1: yeah and and I actually, there, there were a couple times where I felt like they were being a little bit more on the journalism side, but there's always this slant to everything they're doing, and mm-hmm. there's, there's like you said, this skeeviness to all of it. Like you heard it in the intro, like the lawyers get richer. Like of course you got to make something about like how divorce is just this big waste of money, and you know, that, <laughs> yeah. like Donald Trump is somehow a victim. But by the way, I, I, I'm I tot- being totally on honest, I just tried to pick two episodes at random. I tried to pick an early episode and a later episode, and that was the episode I got. And I had no idea Donald Trump was even going to be in it. It wasn't like... I didn't read the info for the episode. I just saw it was a full episode. And lo and behold, I, I can't get away from this guy. Like He's even in I know. 30-year-old ever. news content. So yeah, um, but it was kind of interesting seeing it in there and how little it has changed. Yeah, I know. It's kind of amazing.
0: Also, do you think, um, and this is probably what people remember the best. I I don't think anyone would even really remember this show very well. If it weren't for that typewriter, uh, element ball, smashing the screen, that is the most memorable thing about this show. And it is still like famous now, you know, that like, Mm -hmm. that, that sound, um, That thing is, so I looked that up. I actually researched what the hell that thing was because I knew it was part of a typewriter, but I guess it's this very specific thing called the type element, and it came from this certain type of typewriter. It's called the IBM Selectric typewriter. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was first made in the 60s. And like, here's the interesting thing, though. I found a clip from a 99 episode, which I had never seen, and (laughs) they got rid of that.
1: They the didn't have it wasn't... in the
0: early. They didn't have it in the early seasons either. Oh, right. Really, I didn't know it wasn't yeah. in like the early ones. But yeah, that's what they're most remembered for. Is that mm-hmm. stupid? That that because it was like home improvement. It was like every time they cut from one thing to another, they had to have that stupid ball smash the screen.
1: Yeah, and that was yeah. definitely in the ninety-seven episode, all over the place. Which I also have that intro as well. Um, uh, But we'll listen to that a little later. I thought the way we could do this is we should just go through uh, the content we saw. Like I said, I saw two episodes. Um, I tried to do an early and later one to see how it evolved. It really didn't. I feel like it it was very similar. Uh, I think the only difference is I feel like there was a little bit more of a a facade to it trying to look like a real news thing with the 1990 Mm -hmm. episode. Whereas with the newer one, it was like a little bit more of a one-person anchored show because they were probably trying to save some money, um, and it it definitely didn't feel like a new show anymore. It felt like something else. Uh, but the content was all the same. The guy was actually a little bit more of a jerk and a little bit more like colorful than the people in the '90s were, and more judgmental. So yeah. that was that was a slight like a slight difference too. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. a majority of the show is all about the content. So, you kind of heard some of the different pieces in the episode I watched from... So, it was from February 13th, 1990. This show was on pretty much every day. I think it was on six days a week. So, they would do a weekend show, and then they would do uh, daily shows, which is crazy to think about. They must have hundreds and hundreds of episodes. And it's also crazy that it's kind of erased from time at this point. Like... For how many episodes of this show there probably are, like, there's only maybe, like, eight on YouTube. It's kind of crazy. Yeah,
0: I mean, we're going to talk about this later because it's kind of part of the show, but this show would not be well liked today. Oh, Ooh. my gosh. This is, like, the the most shamey show every—well, uh, one of my clips will show. We'll we'll I'll show you later, but— um yeah this show is not very
1: uh socially conscious (laughs) by any stretch (laughs) so we're gonna get into the gigolo one first um so uh basically it's very sensationalized the pacing was very weird in this piece you could feel the show was still like probably getting its legs It, it had been on less than a year at this point Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of long cuts that are really, really dry and slow. Um, That was definitely a slight change in the 97 episodes, a little bit more crisp than the 1990 episode. But um, generally, these guys were just kind of talking up their careers as gigolos and how they got into them. And they followed two guys. There was this guy with a mustache. um, I don't remember his name, but he was in Chippendale's. Uh, and he—that's how he kind of fell into becoming a gigolo. And the other guy was this um, dude from Harlem, and he is now an actor. And for some reason, they had him playing pool. And in his interview, in <laughs> sure, like a poorly lit pool hall, and he said he said this line. I didn't get it because I was trying to limit the the number of clips. But he's like, "Women are just like pool games. It's all about angles." Oh Christ! Yeah, nice. So this will give you a sense of uh how this sounded. Ten years younger and twenty pounds lighter, Jerry Brownstrup moved from Colorado to California
0: as a host at the now legendary Chippendales. Legendary crowd,
1: but to get them hot. He says the <sighs> That's the same thing Yeah. him personally. Yeah. 1, women. So one thousand women in six months. He had okay. sex with one thousand 000- I tried to do the math. That That's like six exhausting. women a day.
0: <laughs> that sounds exhausting. I think you I would Wilt die. Cham-
1: I, I think Wilt Chamberlain would be exhausted by that yeah, number. Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, I don't believe that number. I think it's no. ne- citation needed. Uh, so, anyways, this piece was like mostly that, and kind of them bragging and how glamorous they were, and how there's also this weird angle about how, uh there was a joy in kind of taking these women's money and mm-hmm. whereas like women are usually the ones taking men's money which was really gross uh oh that's definitely a, a hard copy of running theme they <laughs> they
0: love talking about uh like women taking advantage of of men they love talking about gold diggers mm-hmm. uh that that was often
1: a topic <laughs> on the show I remember that. Yeah, they definitely fall into stereotypes, which we'll definitely get into in the 97 episode with some very fun problematic content there. But um, one thing that was interesting was the whole thing was talking about how great it was to be a gigolo. Right. And then it goes back to the blonde anchor who's like supposed to be like the legitimate person. Right. Out coming Mm -hmm. out of the story. And this gets said, which is really interesting. Being a gigolo isn't as exciting and carefree as it may seem. Both of our gigolos say they left the profession because ultimately they found the experience lonely, degrading, and empty.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) the music. I deliberately left the music in there. It's so inappropriate.
1: So the whole piece says the complete opposite and then the guy, yeah. it's like, oh, by the way, this is pretty important. They actually are miserable. They were miserable doing this, and it made them profoundly unhappy. It's like, maybe it that should have terrible. been terrible. Yeah, like, maybe you should have had that in the piece. It was like five minutes long. You probably had a moment between the 35-second pool shot, like, to to talk about that a little bit. So it was really interesting they just left that out. Um, yeah. Um, I think, like,
0: it's kind of interesting, too. uh it's worth mentioning now so that you can recognize it as you hear these clips but this show had and and they do this too in some things now but not like to this show's extent the people every host of this show literally every single person who spoke on the show that wasn't being interviewed like anyone that worked Mm -hmm. for the show they all speak with the same cadence and it's really weird it's like that like he was going to Go to the pl- like. It's always this extremely like strange rhythm of speaking that is so like it. It feels it, it. feels weird and gross, even when they're not saying something gross. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, they could probably be like um like ordering something at a restaurant, and it would sound seedy and gross. It's like yeah, I'll have the club sandwich. You know, and it's like <laughs> and, and it's, it's like bizarre. Oh. Yeah, and, you know, I, I feel like uh, there were a lot of shows after. I remember, like, a, a very dumb show called World World's Wildest Police Chases, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy definitely talked like this, where... Do you I, think I would,
0: it originated here? It's definitely the most like one of the most prominent examples of that kind of speaking. I can say that.
1: I will say that like it was one it was probably the first thing I ever ran into that did it a lot. Like I think Mm -hmm. there were some similar things going on with like Donahue and stuff, but they were still a little bit more like tidy. They were still like a little bit more proper and a little bit more calm it definitely seemed to turn up, and I I feel like part of this too is at the same time cable news was starting to get big, and like radio hosts were starting to get big in the late '80s, and I think this cadence started becoming a lot more popular. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: shock jocks. Um, they they didn't speak like that, but I think that the tone is like trying to rile people up. And totally. that's actually a good place. Let me. The this show had usually went with a very specific format, which is they had a lead story that was usually really serious, whether it was actually something important or not is another story. But like it's usually something they were really serious about. And Mm -hmm. it was often like a murder or something like that, like a serious crime. And then the rest of the show was like major fluff and they would be the stupidest things. And they're very obviously there either like to gossip about celebrities or to scare the shit out of people. Um, so this is a good place to play my first clip.
1: Is this uh, the mosh pit one? Yeah. Okay.
0: It's called moshing, a dance craze <laughs> that's even more aggressive and violent than the slam dancing fad of the 80s. Ooh, slam Teams dancing. It's fun, but parents <laughs> Did anyone three know
1: what that was? Three kids already been was? killed and countless others injured. <laughs> Jody Basketball has tonight's hard copy <laughs> special <No>. investigation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> laser explosions <laughs> laser, laser explosions Boom. um yeah like it was all stuff like that like yes moshing the most dangerous fad
1: the most dangerous of game yeah. uh yeah it, and and uh it, it's interesting they definitely had that that cadence you mentioned in terms of like having the series story first in the ninety seven episode. Whereas in the 1990 episode, I'd, I'd debate none of the stories were serious, but maybe I just caught a <laughs> weird episode. Um, probably the most serious story was the last one, which was the woman being able to speak as the Virgin Mary, which I, de- I didn't include any clips of it because it was boring and poorly made and not interesting. <laughs> it, it was funny, yeah. though, because like the Catholic Church was like, well, we don't think it's true, but we're not going to discount it because people really are getting into religion here in Ecuador because of it. And it's like, well, of course, good. good. It's good for the goose, I guess. <laughs> uh, um,
0: yeah, I, when I, I, I don't mean like every episode was like that, but having, being that it aired so often, that was like the general formula they yeah. tended to use. And like, I, Like I said, I I haven't. It's not like I watched it all the time, but just it was on so much. You would see it a lot, and it's kind of amazing. Some of the stuff that they would talk about, you're just like, this is mind blowing. Going back and listening to it, it's crazy.
1: It it is crazy, and also it's like it's incredible that I'm not worse of a person than I already am because, like, I don't remember (laughs) any of this stuff. Kind of thankfully, but like, God, like it's such a internalizing
0: it you were a kid you were hearing it you you may not have recognized it but it's in you for sure. yeah
1: that's kind of dark to think about speaking of which the second story i found incredibly fascinating and it was about uh donald trump getting divorced from ivanka trump and this first clip i so trump is known for having kind of a media machine behind him and always has yeah and um like a big pr team and this story kind of felt like it maybe came out of that PR team because it was pretty pro-Trump so let's uh, let's let's listen to the first clip because it's very interesting sure
0: Donald Trump the bachelor now there's something to think about girls
1: (laughs) by the way right now they're showing here him like with various famous ladies and a Playboy it's cover. A, it's the true
0: Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump uh, should be a bachelor.
1: Donald Trump should be a bachelor. Yeah, because you know, no you one should have sex with ever. This is the best. Get, ever.
0: Get, get the top girlfriend
1: and, you know, go to the top yep. disco. And uh, I think, it, I mean, the, the idea of, of, of Donald Trump on the loose dating is, is uh, gives me more pleasure than anything I thought of in a yeah. long time.
0: Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why does that? All right. So. <laughs> What a weird thing. That's such an odd thing to say. Even even before everyone knew how gross Trump was, that's still a very odd thing to say.
1: This guy is so incredible. Like, I just love him. By the way, he was from Spy Magazine, which I don't know what that is. <laughs> what the fuck is Spy <laughs> Magazine? That... That's not... <laughs> what? All right. He is really excited for this divorce, though. It's... Uh pretty interesting
0: he's he's waiting in the wings
1: all right so let's i'm gonna just kind of go to the 97 episode real quick but that (laughs) that guy i mean why was he so excited but what an odd thing to say and and speaking of hindsight we the the tabloid media still loves donald trump so it i mean he's best friends with the national Enquirer founder so like and he gets very pro coverage from them. So it looks like nothing has changed there. Like, that seems like it's exactly the same. Um, it, it ended up being a very weird story because, like, they were definitely trying to be objective, but they just simply could not be objective. Like, it, they were incapable of it. So they're like, well, sure. Ivanka, you know, they, he, she got cheated on. But she did sign this prenup, so she doesn't. And, and by the way, she's going to get twenty-five million dollars and a house. So what's she complaining about? You know. And it had that like tone. And yep. that's um, not surprising. And they kept talking about his two billion dollar fortune. And 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 also, what was great is they kept talking about his like soon to be open Taj Mahal, which that didn't work out. Uh, yeah. Wow. So. And- yeah, good call on that one. So um, I'm going to go into the '97 episode real quick because it's a related. You were talking about the the um, kind of celebrity tabloidy part of this show, and they had this um, person on the show who's a psychic, and I would put that in very large quotes. Uh, psychic, specific, is
0: this like a Sylvia Brown type, or kind or? of
1: they're they're a celebrity psychic, and he kind of sounds okay. like. Uh, well, you'll you'll hear him. He sounds like a caricature, but Let's hear it. Um they just to set this up, he this was done on John Wayne's boat, which they think is haunted, and the uh the, the person hosting this segment basically kept going like, "Howdy, partner," and like acting like he was a ghost. Oh my god. It was really really bad. And there was also a really <laughs> good CG cloud, which I would uh it's not even cg it's just it's a clip it's like video toaster basically because <laughs> uh, sure uh but let, let's play the clip because this i i judged, I'm, I'm judging by the psychics uh predictions that maybe he wasn't the best psychic that shroud of a cloud ever present kenny predicted some allegedly stormy marriages whose gooses will soon be cooked Ugh. regret to predict separations or divorces for the following couples, JFK Jr. and Carolyn, Ted
0: Danson, and Mary Steenburgen, Melanie Griffith, and Antonio Banderas.
1: Okay, so <laughs> the first one was JFK Jr., which I guess technically he was right. Pretty shortly after that, he was no longer married. <laughs> they said divorce though. <laughs> they said divorce hey, No, he said divorce or separated. And they were separated by a crashing airplane. So, yeah. Um, but, he,
0: so, <laughs> all right. And next, then, what's the next
1: one? Uh, Ted Dancy and Mary Steenburgen—one of the few couples that have actually stayed married in Hollywood yep. for like 30 years. So, yeah, did, didn't get that one right. And then the last one was Antonio Banderas and Melanie Griffith, which yes, they did get divorced. That's correct. Yeah. But only after 21 years of marriage. So, I. <laughs> I think he couldn't have actually gotten it more wrong. I think a monkey could have picked three celebrity couples and done better yeah. than he did. He somehow picked the three worst. He did a bad job. That's for sure. I think <laughs> like, uh, yeah,
0: it. this, so this show had a lot of celebrity gossip and actually it, it got, it's, it's part of the reason I think maybe the show uh, declined um, because there was a big lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, or not a lawsuit. Well, there was a lawsuit. There were several, I think, uh, over the years, but there was a big boycott of the show. Yes. Um, because of specifically George Clooney. Um, but yep. he kind of rounded up other celebrities with him to to do this. But he was basically pissed because um, they had a agreement not to show any footage of him with his new girlfriend or whatever um, at the time, uh, which they did because they're assholes and so uh he basically you know he he organized a celebrity boycott of the show and this was in 96 and the show only lasted till 99 and i think 96 was around when it started to really decline it was probably largely because of that um what's interesting though is that like it reminds me in a lot of ways not quite as much from a litigation standpoint or anything but from like a celebrity taking down a, a it reminds me in a lot of ways from, from as gawker. Like oh yeah. The, like mm-hmm. the way that Gawker got got destroyed is because they just they fucked with a celebrity so openly that the person like outwardly actively wanted to get rid of them and it and it caused them to lose a lot of support. Yeah, in that case they
1: um in that case they had multiple people kind of band together to take them out. And so yeah. that's definitely true. And and I think one interesting thing about hard copy though is it's owned by Paramount. So like it probably was a really tricky situation for them being that they're they, at the time they were a fairly major film studio and TV production company. Oh yeah, company. they were big. Really and, big. And they were pissing off all these celebrities, so they probably had to like toe a line pretty they they probably were just like oh that's the TV journalism division they run their own ship don't worry about it you know like trying <laughs> yeah, to yeah. Like, <laughs> trying to sweep it under the rug so they didn't get shit on but yeah um, just just some other segments uh, they had on the ninety seven episode the main segment like you said was something about Charles Manson and how his music was selling well and EMI was putting it out and I'm sure you're supposed to be outraged that the yeah, music was sure. What, whatever and then uh, that was a very boring segment and mm-hmm. like nothing new there there was an interesting segment here around uh, transgender uh, lifestyles and so I'm that's sure nuanced. yeah so let's let's listen to a little bit of that they exist among us men and women who have led double lives
0: you know, I'm just a human being we're all just human beings I'm doing what we have to do to get by I think the society needs to be challenged um, with people who don't fit into neat categories. We want to be respected. We want
1: to be treated as ordinary people. They call themselves the transgenders, an unconventional community that has a need to live as the opposite sex. So the reason I played that clip was actually that was incredibly nuanced for the time.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that that's not offensively portrayed in the intro.
1: So let's listen to what the 97 intro said about I, it.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard the rest of this. I just said, noted I said in the intro. I have no idea. So
1: that that's that's the segment intro though, right? Not the episode right. intro. Exactly. So they have this problem multiple times. They had the same thing with the gigolo thing, right? At the end, they're like, mm. oh, actually they were miserable. And here they're, they're actually trying to do something serious. And they actually had, uh, just as a quick aside, one of the other stories was actually about how the sealant they were using on playgrounds had arsenic in it. And, um, it was actually like a decently done piece. It wasn't like outrageous. It was like, mm. they went to an actual scientist and showed like, Oh, this has these levels of poison in it. And like, and they gave alternatives on how to solve it. Like it was a totally fine story, but like, again, you got to hear the intro and how they promote it at the beginning. Cause it's very different. Yeah. Now copy this, Charles Manson. <laughs> By the way, Charles Manson he's sucks at music. Yeah, he's not good. Life. But Charlie has changed
0: his tune, going from
1: cult killer to folk hero. I love his music. Uh, right? No, no he didn't. some of the best folk music no. I've ever heard. Some and of the best folk music. By the way, that was from a signed band. I forgot who I they were, help. but.
0: Charles That's Manson is more dangerous thing. today because of the internet. He has the ability to reach people's minds through his music. By internet, minds, minds, internet minds. Internet marketing of Manson. No, I'm just a human being, <laughs> we're all just human
1: beings. Maybe so, but this man was once a woman, and he's not alone. Is <laughs> someone wow. you know, someone you really don't know? High copy goes inside the mind blowing world of gender vendors.
0: Wow, that is offensive.
1: Holy shit. It is yeah, so, so different, than so way- different. Okay. And yeah. yeah, the segment was called gender benders. So I was waiting to of tee course. up on that segment and actually it was done like for the most part fine. And so yeah, even, uh, yeah. So.
0: Well, no, you're absolutely right. That this show always did that too. All of the lead lines were super overly dramatic and stuff. It was very obviously trying to like, well, like I said, it tries to rile people up about shit all the time
1: so I just have one more clip from this episode and I know you have a couple more clips so this one was for the other segment because another thing that we we kind of touched on with the Trump thing a little bit and the weirdo from spy magazine like getting off on the idea of his him being a bachelor is <laughs> um there's a heavy sexual element in this show
0: oh yeah um, I've gotten
1: some follow-up on that for okay sure. cool oh I actually see the name of one of your clips now <laughs> it just makes sense um Yeah, even like the the Virgin Mary one, they were like they kept talking about how beautiful of a woman she was, which was really creepy and weird. weird. And she was also underage, so also weird there too. Uh, But (laughs) um, this one, uh, this one was about uh, how the Mexican soap operas were getting really big because of how muy caliente they are. uh, Let's Mm. say so. Let's listen to this uh, nuanced uh, segment here.
0: They're the daytime divas and dapper Don Juan spicing up Latino television while giving American soap some stiff competition, and their every bit is bold and beautiful. They're hotter than a jalapeno. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I did not expect that line.
1: <laughs> they actually said it twice in the episode. They said, holy really? jalapeno. Not exactly the same, but... <laughs> in the in in another part of the early intro they go holy jalapeno um, there are
0: more mexican foods than just jalapeno peppers do these people realize that
1: there was also a shot and this woman was stunning by the way i don't know mm-hmm. who she was but she was like the most famous spanish soap opera star she had a single name i don't remember what it was it was like tatiana or something like that mm-hmm. and they had a clip cut, cutting into the episode, like kind of introing the segment coming into commercial. Right. And it repeated her going meow three times in a row. So it was like meow, oh meow, meow. Um, so oh they were really laying it on thick <laughs> yeah. with that one. So, um, I don't have anything else to say. I just wanted to play holy jalapeno hotter than a jalapeno. <laughs> there's no there's no well, actual point to make about it. I just thought it was funny.
0: I could tack on to what you were talking about. So this show was very hypersexualized. Um, but it was in a weird way because it also was very shamey. Oh um, yes. They they love to body shame people, especially women, of course. And go, go fucking figure. But it also was like with how sexualized it was, it also was like very like anti-sex you know what i mean like i, I don't know totally. how to put it, but it, yeah and and so they had this major obsession with nudity and they every time there was any mention of anyone being nude they freaked out and would have these ridiculous stories like and so this is literally i i've i watched probably for research of this um uh, i'll call it research i guess <laughs> i watched several uh of the lead line segments like the opening segments of the show like okay. of a bunch of different episodes and then I, I picked and choose pieces that I thought might be funny. But from just watching a handful of, of lead lines, there were this many things about nudity. There were three things specifically about nudity just in this small group of episodes.
1: So just That's play so the clip crazy. Too. Yeah. Okay. This is videotape shot by a hidden camera.
0: Yes, KTNV TV News went
1: undercover to sting the topless maid service. Everybody, <laughs> to have, everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have a working girl. It's not a front. It, it's it's a legitimate maid service, and that's, that's what we do. A lot of them are surprised that we're really clean. That's usually one of the first things they say is, Oh, you really clean? <laughs> Plus,
0: more nudes from Madonna. <laughs> Just, yeah. War has broken out in a Florida nudist camp.
1: The <laughs> nature of war,
0: battling new members accused of trying to turn it into a sex camp.
1: Why are you wearing clothes if you're a nudist? Well, it's cold out today. <laughs> so they even they even judged them when they fucking wore clothes. What's the problem?
0: They they wait until he's not nude. They're like, well, why aren't you nude? Well, what do you want from me? I don't I don't know what you're trying. So, yeah, like this show, they, they, they loved talking about nudity. They loved talking about nudist colonies, shit like that. I don't... It's just so weird because they were always constantly like, I can't believe these celebrities are being so outwardly sexual. And then they would like constantly have nudity stories. It's just like it's such a stupid...
1: In the Madonna one, there was a shame piece, but it was also like, yeah...
0: It was both. Yeah, it was both. And it's, it's, that was another, they loved talking about people like Madonna, because, Mm -hmm. you know, because she bucked social norms at the time. And they were like, look how gross it is. But they're, you know, it's like those, it's like those like conservative fucking talk show hosts where you, all they would talk about is how much gay people should changed their ways and you they were obviously fucking closeted gays like it's every time you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it was so obvious that they're saying like this is gross and they're sitting there staring at it at home like oh yeah that's wonderful this is hot oh. it? it's so gross oh yeah it's so
1: gross I'm gonna open my private browser in uh safari and I <laughs> they even it. have that
0: netscape netscape, netscape incognito
1: <laughs> netscape. probably the first feature <laughs> that needed to be made
0: they, they should have at the time um, that, that
1: Whoever invented that feature, by the way, should be like in the Smithsonian. They're the most oh, important yeah. person in the world. They've basically. saved many
0: people's uh, relationships. That's <laughs> for sure. Not good relationships necessarily, but they saved them. Um,
1: Some good ones too, probably. I don't know. Um, so one interesting thing when you brought up the, the nudist thing, you know, we definitely saw in even the few episodes we, we watched that there's like certain topics they know will appeal and mm-hmm. there is almost like this clickbaity, like, and I feel like they really were one of the first ones. And I feel like cable news in parallel kind of started figuring out, like, oh, true crime stuff's really big. We'll start covering that more. And and but they hard copy was really an early early show, and it's probably because it was on so often, and they had ratings right that they could go, oh, these these episodes got talked about, these ones didn't. We'll do more things on nudists, for instance, yeah. even though like. Do you know anyone who's in a fucking nudist colony? There's like five of them in America. There's nobody no, in them. No. Yeah. It's not a story. So, it's ridiculous. So I, I saw that you had one more clip and I know we're running out of time here. We yeah, wanted so to kind of talk about the hindsight part of this, but there were just so many juicy, lovely clips from this well, show. Well, I
0: think we can very quickly run down. So so my last clip, we'll, we'll get through it real quick. Um, I, I want to set aside a minute or two every episode to discuss whether the, whatever we're talking about, whether The Simpsons has made a joke about it, because I think like <laughs> 90% of the time it's going to be a yes. Um, yes. So uh, The Simpsons very obviously did make a joke about hard copy. Um, it's in episode nine of season six, uh, and it's the one where Classic. Homer grabs. Yeah, it's a good one. It's the one where Homer grabs a gummy off of the babysitter's butt, uh, wanting the gummy, but not realizing that uh, he was sexually harassing her. And so he gets in the news as a bad man or whatever. And he goes on a show called uh, Rock Bottom, which, of course, is literally <laughs> just hard copy. It's an analog for hard copy. So go ahead and play the clip. This is when he takes the um, the gig. Yellow. Hello, Homer. This <laughs> is God jones from the tv magazine show <laughs> we're aware of your problems and mr simpson we want to help mm. i saw that report you did on sasquatch it was fair and even-handed i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it, the, the simpsons of course had to make a joke and up. that was
1: the one where they basically like cut like his interview up and made made him basically look like he said ass like peace peace and yeah like he droll. was saying he
0: wanted some of that sweet candy and the show cut it he's like I want that sweet can that sweet sweet can yeah, you know right. um, so yeah it, it, it's very much part of the public um, image of of hard copy is it's a just a skeevy horrible fucking tabloid news type thing um, yeah so I think really. W- to close it out, we should just talk about what do you think this affected and how do you think it's a representative of things today?
1: Yeah, like, I think honestly, hard copy was a pretty innovative show for the time, not in a necessarily good way, but like it definitely caught people's attention. It was something I, yeah, it was unique. I think the hyper focused, not just weekly, but daily, you know, onslaught of this content when, I think it went in parallel really well with the 24-hour cable news cycle, which is, has been criticized a lot over the years. But I really feel like they fed off each other and learned from one another on what worked and what got people worked up. Um, yeah. And so I think like definitely when you watch like Fox News now, and and especially their pundits, they yes. talk like this. They do segments like this. They're very, very, um, they're very much like slanted towards their opinion. Mm -hmm. They have sensationalistic headlines. So all that stuff, it it really is like indicative of what we ended up becoming as a news media like country. And and I think also the entire Western world is like this in terms of its content. So it's, um, it's definitely an interesting microcosm of, of where, media ended up and honestly I think we just got even meaner and better at this and almost look we we're a little bit better at like hiding how ridiculous our points are and we're a yeah. little bit more nuanced than than the show is. Yep.
0: I, I 100% agree with that. I think that if you look at a lot of YouTube news like like <laughs> The, it's it's interesting how a lot of these the, these uh, YouTubers that do like news stories mm-hmm. they kind of have the same tone except without the um without the smarminess of it so it feels more natural and I think they got that from this kind of format and 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 not only that I think what you said earlier is is spot on with Fox News and stuff which is like it's it, things like this contributed directly to that like pearl clutching conservatism of like people that are titillated and horrified by things at the same mm-hmm. time and they th- it keeps them watching, right? They like they have to see what this all is about even though they hate it and are afraid of it. And I think that hard copy knew exactly that element of like what to feed people to make them scared and like kind of turn them on at the same time. It's very weird and gross.
1: Yeah, it's it's really just like it it doesn't even matter what the emotion in it is. It's just about how can we get the most of any emotion, whether it's anger or yeah, or lust or um, you know, outrage, whatever it is. Like, it, just it, get them worked it's, up. Just get them worked up, man. And, and what's interesting is, like, at least as a kid, and, and I'm sure if I went back, I'd probably see that a lot of problems with this thought. But I remember CNN being a very dry network and very like this is the stuff that happened. And I think when hard copy came out, I think when hard copy came out, they went, Oh, we could be getting way bigger ratings. If we did more interest focused pieces and sensationalistic Mm -hmm. news. So even before Fox news existed, I think we saw like, especially with like OJ Simpson stuff that they started turning a little bit more to the sensational side. And with like John Benet Ramsey's murder, which, like they covered for years, um, you you saw that shift happen, and yep. I think CNN's never been able to get away from it, and 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 basically all no, the cable if anything, news networks they've gotten worse. Yes, worse I think they've. Worse, yeah, I think for the most part they've gotten worse. I I blame Jeff Zucker for that, but I blame him for everything usually. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's kind of my takeaway on hard copy. I don't think we've really learned anything. I think we've just we've, uh, we've just grown this muscle more that we're even better at kind of, uh, kind of like like stirring the pot. Yeah. Yeah, We're better at hiding it it now.
0: Yeah. I mean, hard copy, I think everyone knew was kind of what, you know, I've said the word a lot of times, but everyone knew it was skeevy, but they were like about it, you know, but now I think we're able to um, convey that same thing without feeling as much like that and it's actually even more dangerous because people fall into the trap not realizing how gross what they're actually like viewing is you know it's, it's kind of disturbing
1: i mean it, we literally have people talking about replacement theory and stuff like on on multi million viewer shows on national news networks i mean this is this is some pretty crazy like race conspiracy theory stuff that gets major major views and i think a lot of that stems from this shift to going towards trying to outrage the audience and maximize your viewers, which yeah. honestly, I, to be honest, I watched way more hard copy than I did CNN as a kid. I found it way more interesting. So well, it sure. worked. I mean,
0: yeah, it does work. That's what's that's what's disturbing about it.
1: I, I, I like holy jalapenos, hotter, hotter ladies, hotter than jalapenos. <laughs> so are they are they, are they scotch bonnets? I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't Those matter. Those yeah. are way hotter. Those are way
0: Those are like... Whew. Those are like habaneros.
1: I don't even think um, that could get on TV.
0: <laughs> so to close it out, um, I, I don't know if we're going to post this or not. I mean, honestly, I think it went pretty well. Maybe we yeah. can post it. But um, I did find uh, some hard copy merch. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> is that is some... it copywritten owned? like? No, someone's selling an original like legit uh hard copy staff jacket on ebay oh hell yeah it's only an xl size and it's a hundred dollars so take that as you will we can link it in the show notes yeah we should (laughs) yeah
1: i love that that jacket probably without the hard copy logo on it is worth more
0: (laughs) no it's worth nothing without it (laughs) it's just a shit jacket from the 90s but it's a real staff jacket
1: cool All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us on our first episode. We'll dive into something else uh, in the next episode. If you actually hear this, because this was actually supposed to be a test, but we'll see. We'll see you later. All righty.